Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. Um, it has been a very long time for me uh, behind the microphone, so I have a couple things that I need to uh, first address. Um, Pedro, uh, you were right. I am wrong. I am an idiot. Uh, MLS is terrible. And Liga, uh, uh, Liga MX is, is uh, hand, head and shoulders better than MLS and will forever always be. I respect this humility. I respect it. Um, I listen, I can, I don't I can agree admit with it, when I, I was wrong. It. I can admit when I was wrong. And that prediction is, was fucking terrible. Although, God, you were wrong. You were so wrong. There, you might there not be wrong. Still, there is still one MLS team alive. And you only need one team to win. So this um, is like this is like the situation where you're down uh, by four goals with four minutes left, and you're like, it only takes a second to score. Only need four seconds. Just, listen, you always <laughs> got. It just takes. There's no such thing as a ten point basket. You know, you got to just chip away at the lead. Um, I mean, to be fair, are, that one MLS team is only beating DC United by a single goal. So not yeah, looking good for MLS. Not going to happen. Uh, listen, I I was wrong. Uh, it was a dumb prediction. And you know what? I'm looking forward to making the same prediction next year. So <laughs> uh, anyway, it's it's been a very long time. I'm just so happy um, to see you guys again and be on the pod once again. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I miss you all. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to do this. Um, Colin, not in the swamp. Uh, where are you at? That's right. I'm in... Uh the basement of my childhood home in Shorewood, Wisconsin. Um, first of all, I'd like to apologize to the Orozco brothers. Uh, this is a very short trip, and I'm not going to have time to get a beer with you guys. I have Ooh. thought about it. I've thought about uh, which night I could tell my family that I had things I needed to do. And uh, <laughs> night. Could this night. Sneak out. Yeah. So it was, it was basically podcast or, you know, maybe I could, this could have been the night, but... It's not going to happen. It'll have to happen on the next trip. But uh, that that does pain me to to admit that fact. Um, but really, I, I want to dedicate my intro this week to our uh, the beloved threader who's not with us right now, Daniel Schrader, who today got third in his age group at the on. the Willamette Valley Marathon. Uh, Willamette. 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 Look, I'm not yeah. from. I'm not Jesus. from geography. I love it. I'm not from I geography the class. The Willamette. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dan, straight up killing it. I think he's too sore Unb- to podcast. Even his, he used all the energy in his body, even his, the muscles in his jaw and cheeks and tongue to run that race. And so he, he can't physically even podcast right now. He, this, the, the, the Willamette uh, Valley Marathon uh, was held in Salem, Oregon, which is about an hour away from Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, that man woke up early, drove himself on purpose to run a marathon, ran 26.2 yep. miles, got third in his age group, and then drove himself home uh, another hour. Uh, yep. So I'm just I'm shocked that he is uh, uh, he's been texting. Um, I'm just glad that he's alive. I love to think of him running the marathon and talking about soccer for that whole time, and that's why his <laughs> jaw and you know tongue are so tired. He's just running by people and then you know talking about uh, you know the Europa Conference League and things like that. Mm-hmm. He's like uh, USSF broke their contract with uh, Soccer United Marketing. Just <laughs> thought you guys should know that. Bye. Yep. Just gonna keep on here. I'm right asking for score. Good luck with your fifth and eighth group final. (laughs) Uh, Knocking his, uh, knocking the cobwebs off the mic for microphone from uh, uh, Minneapolis, Mike. Yeah, I had literal cobwebs on the mic. It's been so long since I've potted, so it is. It's great to be back. I'm wearing my new, uh, my new soccer thread podcast T-shirt. Come on. I mean, designed by, you know, a World Cup winner. How could I not wear it? It's very soft, although I will say uh, it's probably the second softest 
podcast shirt I have, our long sleeve gray shirt, is just incredibly soft. But this one's this one's beautiful, great for summer, uh, and just just looks good, looks great, the, looks incredible. The, the fit is a little bit better than that that gray yeah. long sleeve joint. Uh, you know they they all fit me pretty good so far. I, I know wow, that look you, at you. you've got complaints, but <laughs> you know, there's. I can only blame myself for that. There's Mike. a lot of things you can say about Mike's body, but there's not a lot of it there. So, uh, <laughs> built, built like a twig, do, baby. Things do tend to fit. Yep, yep. I'm a, I'm a model. I'm just a coat hanger right here. Don't worry about it. If you shrink it in the wash, it's still gonna fit. It's still gonna fit. <laughs> the only shirt uh, that ever has not fit is the West Ham jersey that I won for uh, <laughs> Thread Streaks, which I think was like a youth large, and that thing. <laughs> It can get on, but it's it's real tight. It's real, real tight. <laughs> um, great use stuff. case scenarios uh, for that one. <laughs> Very limited. <laughs> uh, all right, great stuff, um, Colin. You got to warm up for us. Absolutely. Although I feel like we're up. already pretty warm. Yeah, warmer than I thought we'd be. Quite honestly. Uh, warm Summer. Up this w- How could you not be? <laughs> warm up this week. Sorry, Dan. You're going to miss this one. Um, but I've had it in my pocket for a while, and uh, you know, if I don't use it, I'll forget it. Is that? And Mike gave us a great intro to this. Uh, the designer of our uh, crest is a not only a World Cup winner, but in a much more select group of people, which is people who have scored a goal in the World Cup final. It's a very select few people. Um, She's, of course, scored a goal in the Women's World Cup final, but we're going to do very badly if I make that the warm-up. So I'm going to give you an easier warm-up, which is men who have scored a goal in the Men's World Cup final. Oh, we're going to do you, do you think I might be I'll do even the worse. women's version, but yeah, let's, give, let's give it a whirl. <laughs> um, all right, so Palmer, uh, you being the underdog, because... Always. I'm going to be honest. I'm using a list off Wikipedia, and, and that means Mike has already read this list at some point <laughs> in his life. Mike probably wrote it. Yeah. Probably wrote it. Made, he, edited it. He I wrote edited in some... It. Yeah, you edited it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was uh, like... Yeah. <laughs> give me, give me so, anybody who scored a goal in the World Cup final. Sure. Um, you know, Pele. <laughs> Correct. It's <laughs> a good one. Uh, Pele has scored, Andres by the Iniesta. way... Pelé has scored three goals in the World Cup final. There is no one who scored more. Wow. Andres Andres Iniesta has indeed scored a goal in the World Cup final. 2010, game winner in the 116th minute. Um, I'll take another game winner, uh, Mario Goetze. Goetze, that's correct. In the 2014 World Cup final in the 113th minute. Uh, Zidane? I believe has scored in two World Cup finals. Uh, he has scored in two World Cup finals, 1998 and 2006. He scored three World Cup final goals. He scored twice in the 98 final. So he has as many goals as Pele, you might say. That's correct. I might say that, <laughs> but you would probably say it before I did. You, you could say that. Uh, I will take um, OG Ronaldo. OG Ronaldo had two goals in the 2002 World Cup final. Okay. This is where it gets a little bit a little bit dicey, a little bit tricky. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, with uh, Matarazzi. Marco Matarazzi scored in the, in the 2006 World Cup final. That's correct. He had the other goal in that game that uh, finished 1-1, went to penalties. Um, and uh, where Italy won after, you know, Zidane, the first goal scorer, headbutted Matarazzi in the chest. So there you go. Yeah. Those are the two, two protagonists of that game. Um, can I take, I mean, why, why wouldn't he have scored um, Diego Maradona? I'm Can sorry, Paul. No. Uh, what? What? Did we lose? Did are we yeah, searching lost. Diego yeah, Maradona? <laughs> I was. I was gonna try to. I was trying to figure out a way to make it so you hadn't lost, but I couldn't figure out a way to <laughs> contrive the the scenario so that Maradona. Well, he had, He didn't. He didn't score in a World Cup final. 
Um, I believe he only made one World Cup final. That was in 1986. They won the mm-hmm. game, uh, but yeah. no, he, he did not score on that. Argentina won the game wow. three to three to two over That's Germany. Wild. But goals from three other guys whose names I won't mention because Mike could still name them to win this game. <laughs> could name them, but I'm gonna name uh, Kylian Mbappe. That's correct, Kylian Mbappe. There's a whole host of goals from 2018 that you guys uh, named zero of, quite frankly. Um, and yeah, Kylian Mbappe is one of them. He had the fourth goal in that 4-2 win for France. Mm, I remember that. So yeah, other ones well, from that other ones from that game: Griezmann, Pogba, even Perisic. Mario Mandzukic was available at both ends of the field. Had an own goal and a real goal, <laughs> normal goal at that one. I would have. Has so- anyone oh. ever scored an own goal and a real goal in the World Cup final beyond Mandzukic? Um, great question. Um, that is a great question. I'm just going to assume the answer is no. Yeah, I'm that's, not sure. Uh, Let me look at his list. I think he's. That's, that's a lot actually, of goal scoring. That's actually the only own goal in a World Cup final. Wow! Look what at a that. legend. Yeah. I mean, doing it on both ends of the pitch, making history. But yeah, Maradona is the like I would say the most notable admission from this list. Um, yeah, like, that's wild. Uh, you know the whatever the Mike. When you Mike, think you did you did. know? Did did you know that Maradona did not score a goal in a World Cup final? Palmer, did you even watch the HBO documentary on Maradona? <laughs> I did, I mean, but I mean, geez. I was probably I was probably staring at Twitter, which I've been trying to not do as much. So maybe I should rewatch that documentary. There you go. I think every time um, I all right think about going Chris on Cash, Twitter, I'm just going to text Ryan Palmer instead. <laughs> Do that. Do that. The other, the other um, person with three uh, World Cup final goals is a name I think you would never get, but maybe Mike. Would you like to try at that? Uh, I would never have gotten. There's a hint. What, what country are they from? England. I don't know. Bobby Moore? <laughs> Jeff Hurst th- scored mm. three goals in the 1966 final. Wow. Um, Good for him. Yep, and then so other names you might have gotten. There's really not that many other names that you might have gotten. Um, Pushkas of the Pushkas Award. Um, mm-hmm. Mario Kempis is a famous Argentinian who scored a couple. And then there's like, um, the, you remember the Carlos Alberto goal? We watched this re- oh, as yeah. a rewatchable final, the 1970 Brazil game. Um, that's kind of a pretty famous goal. Um, so you might have remembered that one. But other than that, you know, it's a bunch of old people. So not not a bad job. Not a bad job, gentlemen. I did much better than I thought I would I would have done. So um that was a good warm up. Thank you, Colin. Um let's go on to emails. Mike. All right, emails. The first email is from the uh one of the spurned Orozcos. This one is from Vincent. Uh sorry. He has a question about uh education, sports. PE classes. Um, <laughs> so he says when he was in kindergarten through eighth grade, his school, uh, the school that he went to was predominantly Hispanic, um, and they had a middle-aged white gym teacher, and they learned nothing about soccer. In high school, he played badminton, and he had to take a test on the rules of badminton, but nothing about soccer. So the question <laughs> for us is, do you guys remember any soccer in your gym classes? Palmer. Oh man, in in gym, I feel like uh, maybe I don't know. I I know that I played a lot of soccer at recess, uh, but I can't remember actually playing soccer in gym class. Definitely did not play soccer in gym class in high school. Uh, the only thing that we did that was like soccer adjacent was kickball in gym class. Um, which was always fun, but yeah, very adjacent. I, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't think of any like actual soccer education, uh, in gym classes. We played this game called line soccer. Is that mm. a thing? Is that like, is that like live? Like is that like, no, I don't know. Steal the is bacon that like sounds live, familiar. Line, line, like L I N E. Live, but is it like, uh, like, um, uh, foosball, but with with humans. No, it's like you line up. You each team lines up on one side of the field, 
like on your sideline, so to speak, and you each have a number assigned to you. And then uh, the gym teacher yells out like two and 14 or whatever. And then numbers mm. two and 14 like play have a, are like two on two, you know, like they oh. run out there and, and the balls in the center circle, like XFL style. And you go in there <laughs> and try to get the ball and you have like a little two on two and you try to score. And if the ball goes out, then it's like, it's over. Like next, you get back in your line two. and then he calls another yeah. two numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Line soccer. We, we had that. We, we had, I'm pretty sure we had regular soccer. I definitely remember line soccer. I also remember, um, we, we had crab soccer where you had to crab walk. Like <laughs> soccer? Did you guys you guys didn't have that? I mean, I, I remember have, a lot of crab I, walking, but I, not that a specific iteration. Yeah, crab I don't remember a ton. I don't remember a ton from uh, from school. <laughs> blocking it out, so. blocking it out. <laughs> dark days, dark days for Palmer. But also, I don't remember a lot of like education on sports in PE class. No, it was a lot. Well, it was a lot of like. All right, we're going to do this thing, and then here's a ball. Like, we'll teach you like how to dribble, and then we'll throw a basketball out, and you run around or whatever. Oh, I I definitely remember learning a lot of weird sports. Like badminton is a perfect example. Badminton, pickleball. Um, there was another game that kind of combined like handball, but also you could shoot at the basketball hoops. Um, I don't know. All these kind of like weird things like that. You'd be like, this game's kind of fun, but like, it's a, it's not, I wish we would just play flag football or whatever, like yeah. soccer, you know, or basketball. Like, I, but we have this I, other weird I game. I just remember, I remember learning a lot of dances and like having oh, to dance. Oh yeah, definitely that. Square with, dancing. With people, yeah, but, square dance. but like dancing in my disgusting gym clothes that I don't like, uh, that I don't wash for an entire year. This is just bad idea. Bad idea. So again, just really terrible memories from uh, gym <laughs> class and and just school in general. <laughs> volleyball, a lot of volleyball too. I feel like I feel like volleyball was very popular in Milwaukee, like disproportionately popular. That's that's, that's just a fact. That is a uh, it's a great sport. It's probably it's on sport. our Wikipedia page. That's how you know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you talk to me about volleyball all the time. Um, all right. Next email is from Pedro. Uh, he sent a link to a YouTube video, which I want to admit I didn't watch, but I did read the text in the YouTube video, and apparently it's about you know the connection between English culture and soccer and pubs and just how these things are all rolled together in a beautiful slice of life in England. Uh, and then Pedro says, "I wish this sense of community could be emulated in this country." But many variables, for, uh, for example, car dependence, just prevent it. Sad face. Uh, and then he also says, sad that England is losing pub culture, which I assume the video talks about. Did either of you watch this video? Uh, I did no. not. I did not watch every second of it, but I watched. I, yeah, I clicked the some link. Some seconds. I watched, I watched some seconds, yeah. I mean, I think you gave a good summary there or of the parts I watched. I would say. So why is yeah, why is England losing pub culture? Um, that part I don't understand. Um, I mean, I understand the the part of it from the perspective of le- uh, fans attending the games are less likely to be from the city, right? Like whatever. Thirty years ago, there was like one percent tourists in the fan in the stands. Now it's. I don't know what this number is, 25% or 50% tourists, depending on, uh, obviously it depends if you're at Burnley or uh, you're at Old Trafford, right? Um, right, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a that's part of it. Um, and I, I would say two, two things. I, the, I had two reactions to this video. One, I'm all about it. Like I love that, that <laughs> culture. Like we have all been there and done that. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously we were the tourists, the outsiders, but we loved that culture and we wished that that was a part of us, our lives or culture or whatever. We were like, this is so cool. Totally. But my other part was like, Oh, you know, as Americans, we have our own thing, right? Whether that's so like in some cities that might be pretty similar to this where the, you have a downtown stadium. Maybe Portland is like this. I've never been to a game in Portland, but you know I can imagine that there are soccer bars around and people walk into the game and that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So that exists in, in places in the U.S. I think we shouldn't write the U.S. off as every 
city is the same. Whereas I think in England, you're going to get a more homogenous experience from city to city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is that we have our own, like, because of our car dependence, maybe they're not as good, like traditions, but we have them. Milwaukee is a fantastic <laughs> example of this. We tailgate for every sporting event, no matter what, always, every time. Uh, there's, you know, 81 baseball games at, they don't call it Miller Park anymore, whatever it's called, American Family Field, whatever. There's 81 Brewers games a year. And at each and every single one of them, there will be thousands of people grilling brats and burgers in the parking lot and drinking copious amounts of Miller Lite. Um, (laughs) Like, that is a culture to itself. And that doesn't exist in England, right? When when people come from overseas, they're like, what do you, you know... We have to we have to be in the game in, in forty five minutes, and you're like, we'll be late. Like, we gotta sit out here and grill, grill first. <laughs> that's and, also just and have, baseball and have games. four beers. Yeah, well, I mean, that's uh, true. It's baseball games, but like, but if you go to an American football than, game, it's the same thing, yeah. like, right? Like, oh, I, I just mean being, being late to games. I feel like is a very baseball thing oh, to do. It's like yeah, this game's gonna be three and a half hours. Like, it's okay <laughs> if we miss the first two innings. Yeah, and, and there's 162 of them this year. Like, they yeah. win, they lose. Uh, give a fuck, but yes. Yeah. I mean, the fact that this it's called a tailgate because of our car dependence, right? Like, yeah, it's uh, hand but in hand. It, it's the same. It's the same culture that that pub culture is, right? Um, that I think Pedro might be kind of alluding to. Um, I mean, I think the other thing is is like the the are are people going to the pub nowadays to watch? games or is it because it's a little bit more accessible um you know more streaming services are you just watching it from home and not you know you know going to the pub to do that and i mean i don't know the answer to that question i I think in england at least pre-covid that a lot of games are not on tv or cannot be streamed legally so i mean obviously folks can get an illegal stream but i would imagine especially if you're like probably 10 plus years older than us, you're not going to be savvy enough to get an illegal stream or just, you're not going to do that. So you're probably still going to go to the pub to watch the game. I'm just thinking about like my dad in a situation where he like really wanted to watch a game. He's not going to be like, all right, cool. Let me Google illegal sports stream and, you know, (laughs) do this. Uh, So, but I I don't know if that's changing with COVID because I I know they did put a lot more games on TV because obviously, you know, People couldn't go to the games and you couldn't go to pubs. Right. So I don't know if that's going to be something that carries on. Maybe that's part of what Pedro's talking about. But Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, next email from a longtime listener. Not a very uh, frequent emailer, uh, but Ryan Peters, someone who we all you know love. It's good to hear from you, Ryan. Uh, sounds like he was exchanging some texts with Colin. Not with the rest of us. That hurts a little bit, but it's <laughs> it's very much outweighed by the beauty of opening up my email to see something from you. Uh, so here's a question for us. Uh, Palmer, I'm just going to let you know I'm tossing this your way first. So get ready. Uh, I, I, just, I just saw some of these questions, and I'm really scared to answer. So, Well, embrace the fear. So he says, <laughs> say the U.S. men's national team holds a camp for all prospective players. It's a week-long camp to encourage team bonding. Uh, and he has a few questions for us, basically, like, how do we set up the team bonding? So I'll just read out all the questions. Palmer, you can respond to as many or as few of them as you want. Uh, Are we talking about, like, a lot of trust falls and things like this? If you want to throw trust falls in, I will not stop you. Uh, but Peter's questions are, who are you pairing together as roommates in this camp? Who are you not pairing together as roommates? What room is most likely to show show up late to practice from play? from partying hard the night before and what team building activities are you doing? I think that's where the trust falls come in. Yep. There's the trust falls. I mean, listen, I'm a full disclosure. I don't know uh, enough. I don't, I can't name a ton of us men's national players off the top of my, off the top of my head right now, but I know that Weston McKinney seems like uh, just a fucking great guy to hang out, to hang out with. So, uh, and I don't want to put Weston, I, f- I also feel like Weston kind of uh, his mood is predicated on how much fun he's having. Um, and so I don't want to put him with someone that's like lame. Um, 
but I, I feel like, uh, so I'm not going to put him with Christian Pulisic, let's say, because I feel like Christian is probably kind of lame to hang out oh, with, actually. Um, I would say I'm putting, um, I'm putting Weston with, God, who else do I think is fun on this team? Um, Dest, Tim Weah, Sargent, Dest, DK. Dest, yeah. I think... I'm. I want to put uh, Weston with. Um, I don't know. Maybe Zach Steffen. I feel like Zach Steffen could be fun, uh, but is also you know. I think he's he's going to keep Weston out of, out of trouble. So they're not going to do dumb shit. They're just going to have fun. Um, Dest. I I'm going to pair with. Um, Tyler Adams because I know that they like to to play a lot of uh, video games so they'll just they'll just <laughs> kick it and play video games. I was say, um, Tyler Adams seems like the lamest one on the team. Really? Yeah, I feel like he he seems very serious about soccer and lame. Yeah, like not in I a like bad that. like in a way that I like for for. for do you, you pair know. him? Do you pair him with Pulisic then? Uh, th- that's who I was going to say when you said I don't want to pair him with someone lame. I feel like Tyler Adams would. Like Wes would be like, "Come on, let's let's do something or whatever." Let's and he'd be like, "Yeah, I gotta be in bed by ten thirty. First yeah. of all, <laughs> we got practice." I, I judge their like lameness or funness strictly by you know their interviews or like their social media. And Tyler yeah. Adams is very like by the books for both of them. I think Pulisic yeah, is as fair. well. So I feel like they're a pretty good lame. You know, they're like the the old at heart room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, where they're both 22 years old, but they're going to bed at, you know, 830. And, yeah, they've been acting know. like seasoned pros since they were 17. Like, they just never had a fun <laughs> period. Yep. Who shows yep. up late to practice then? I think that's got to I mean, be Wes, I think man. It's, it's I think Wes, is Wes and whoever he's paired with. Yeah, Wes, Wes just, and, just Wes got in Zach. trouble for having a, a party at his house in Italy. I mean, we're not you, knocking this lifestyle. Do I don't think his lifestyle is <laughs> out of control. But uh, I thought Palmer you know, was going to pair himself with Wes. Honestly, <laughs> I would love to. That's I would love. I would love it. I would love it. Uh, do you? Do you keep? So here's another question: Do you keep? Like, do we go position players stay with position players? Or are we mixing up? Um, are we just like kind of grab bag? Oh, I'm, I'm mixing it up. I, I don't yeah. like the idea of like, oh, we're, you know, you're the right winger and you're the right back. So we're going to put you in a room together. It's like, no, right. fucking hang out with each other enough on the pitch and like strategy sessions. Let's put you as someone who maybe you don't know as well or who you do know, but like you're not with on the pitch as much. I don't know. That's just my take, but I'm also, you know. Not a coach. What uh, uh, what kind of what kind of team building stuff are we doing? Are we gonna like are we gonna do a Ted Lasso and like do like a, a burn box and put all <laughs> of our bad memories into a into a tin can and, and burn I, it? Or I'm are we gonna get a little bit more? I think I think Ryan Peters would really appreciate this one. We're doing a, so he said it's a week long camp. Every room uh, is basically an entry into a week-long set of competitions. So there's like a ping-pong day where everybody plays ping-pong. And then, I don't know, there's some kind of like FIFA cool there's basketball be a FIFA tournament. Day. Yeah, there's a FIFA day. And so just every day there's a new competition. You don't know what it is until the start of the day. And then, you know, you get points. And then, you know, the winning room, whatever, doesn't have curfew the last night or something. <laughs> I love this. The only day you get to go out and have fun. Just like two guys just like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, sure. I feel like you have to. You have to have. I mean, these guys probably don't need stakes to be high to be motivated. They're all uber competitive yeah. and hate yeah. losing. But yeah. I do feel like giving some stakes here uh, can just keep the juices flowing. Yeah. So when I thought, who, who are you pairing together as roommates? I thought, uh, well, who, um, who does the U.S. men's national team have right now? Who can be like an old head? Who's going to get that call up? Where you're like, okay, he's not going to play, but he's in the 23 to be the old guy locker room presence. And who needs that, right? And I Mm -hmm. think maybe, you know, this is seeming less and less likely as days go on and he doesn't set MLS alight. But uh, Josie Altsdorf for a while was like, seemed like that could be him, right? He could still get that call. You know, if there's a couple injuries, we could definitely see Josie in camp. Uh, or Josie in a, in a big roster. 
And uh, I think a Josie and Daryl DK pairing uh, would be really perfect for like <laughs> if it's, they have a slightly similar style of play. But also, I feel like Daryl DK when I hear him give interviews, he like really wants like to be a team player, and like he mm-hmm. he feels like he's calling out for some uh, like someone to mentor him, right? He, he would be very receptive to some, jo- some Josie old man wisdom, which I feel very, like Josie. Yeah. Josie really very f- clearly wants to like big up players and like, yeah. like, I don't think that would work with, you know, Michael Bradley necessarily, who I feel like is going to come in and just be trying to take that know, kid's job. Yeah. Ooh. And just like My, tell him how Michael, to do everything where it's like, Josie's going to be like, you know, in this situation, this is what I do. And, you know, take it or leave it basically. And just be like, and just want the best for that player. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like Josie actually um, doesn't have that big of an ego for, you know, a player of his stature. And uh, yeah, like you always see him retweeting and, and, and congratulating younger U.S. men's national team players on Twitter. And yeah. so I think he would be a great mentor on this team. And I think DK is, is like, yeah, like I said, like calling out for mentorship. One Love thing that. that could, one thing that could be fun, uh, I don't know how you do this because I'm pretty sure that George Weah is now the president of Liberia, but you get <laughs> George Weah and um, Claudio Reyna to come and you do a bunch of 2v2 things with the kids and dads. the dads. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, you know, after practice, you're like, all right, everybody gather around. We're going to, you know, put them in a cage match or something and like uh, not a fighting cage match, like a soccer cage match. Uh, and just, you know, see what kind of fun tricks they can do. But I feel like it's probably Pulisic's, George Weah. Pulisic's dad's a form, from former pro, too. And he's still coaching somewhere. I can't remember. Like, I think Pittsburgh Riverhounds, yeah. maybe? Something like I think, that. I think he might get done up a little bit if he's against, uh, you know, former uh, World Cup Best eleven and World Player of the Year, uh, George Weah. And <laughs> certainly <laughs> in, his, certainly sure. in his prime. My point is George is spending a lot of time doing, you know, having presidential buffets these days, whereas Mark Pulisic is, is still on a soccer field, you know, yeah. coaching I'm, all I'm the still, time. I'm putting my money on George, but I do like the idea, <laughs> actually, of just bringing everybody's parents in. That could be one of the competitions yes. is just parents. 100%. Day. We're just, yes. all right, we're doing, we're doing uh Parents Day and 4v4 basketball tournament with the kids and the parents. You can choose uh, you know, be... your mom or your dad or like any so any relative. Uh, family Day. Family Day. Family yep. Day. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Doesn't even have to be a blood relative, but, you know, no, um, no like ringers. You can't be like, oh, yeah, I, you know, tweeted at LeBron once. So let's bring him in. We're not having that. <laughs> I love it. A- any other team building or just any of these? The answers to these. I mean, I would like I to see. I love. I love a team building activity where it's the point of it is like, oh, you're out of your comfort zone, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Those are like. I feel like uh, clubs occasionally post, you know, those kind of videos or like that's in hard like knocks a, or something like that. Like a ropes course. Yeah, like a ropes course or like going bungee jumping or skydiving or yeah, whatever some animal experience type thing, and like. You know, there's going to be like the one guy, you know, the Ryan Palmer of the group who's like, I'm very, I'm actually very scared of snakes. This is a serious <laughs> thing would, for me. I would quit the team. <laughs> Sorry. But think about how much team building, or, you know, what are, how much growth there's going to be when we get you, you know, through your fear of snakes together. You, you need to, you need to just stop plotting. What It's <laughs> just, just stop. Such a backfire. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> I, I prefer the, the team building experiences where we all just cry together. So like, give me, <laughs> let's, let's get like, Sad let's, yeah, yeah. Let's just all get together, cry a little bit and we'll be all stronger for it. Let's do it. Oh, I love it. Yep. That's just so on, on brand for your character. I love it. <laughs> I mean, karaoke sounds actually like everyone has to do some duets with their roommates. That sounds, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like pretty that. decent. Yeah. I like that. Um, all right, moving on. So hold on. Oh, I, I want, I want that one on. for one second. I'm not going to let you move on. We did karaoke um, at some point when I was on the McAllister football team. And uh, it's always hilarious to me. You know, at a football team, you're like, oh, actually, like two or three guys on the football team can like really sing. And mm-hmm. it's always hilarious to me, like who they are. 
So who do you think on this Ooh. U.S. men's national team is like a sneaky good Ooh. singer? I feel like Dest looks like he could he could sing. I feel like he's got he can do that. Mm. He has ones who don't look like they can sing. Legette is going out with like a pop star, so maybe he's he's mm. picked up some, fair, some tips. Fair. Um. Hmm. See, I'm going with my strategy of people who don't Geo? look like they can sing can sing. Geo. Gio does not look like he could sing. Josh Sargent does not look like he can sing. <laughs> <laughs> I bet what do you, you think? he can sing. What, He's from what do you Missouri. think his genre is? Boom. Grew up singing country, but like also in church. He like sang in yeah. church yeah. and like can sing. Okay. I could I, definitely I like see that. him like getting behind some, some like old country. Like he doesn't really fuck with the new stuff. Yeah, uh, but like his parents loved country, and it was just always playing in, in the car on the way to practice. He's just I like doing that. some Garth Brooks, some George Strait. <laughs> all right, now we're moving on. Uh, all right, we got kind of a double header e- here because, as we know, uh, when Keevan sends an email to the thread, he always copies Spencer, uh, and so we got a little sp- response. So I'm going to go through these quickly. This is going to take a minute, but bear with me. So Keevan says. Uh, Pablo Hernandez is leaving Leeds, Leeds United at the end of the season, and he's going out as a club legend. Club legend is capitalized, I want to point out. The official <laughs> title. Uh, he didn't play his entire career at Leeds, so it got me thinking, what exactly does a player have to do to become a club legend? Below are a few attributes that, in Pablo's favor. Are there others? What are the attributes that make a club legend? So according to Keevan, here are the things that make Pablo Hernandez a club legend. It's a great nickname. I don't know what it is. Uh, he's adored by the fans. <laughs> he's won trophies. He's been player of the year. Keevan puts these under accomplishments, noteworthy goals or goals, you know, that kind of have a special moment in history, other things. And then Spencer chimes in <clears throat> and says, are there different tiers of club legendry? Uh, so he kind of groups it into three tiers. The first is like retired jersey club legend status. Um, that's the highest tier. Then the second one is live on forever legend status. This is where he feels like Pablo belongs. And then the third is favorite but forgettable status. So first of all, does anyone know what Pablo Hernandez's nickname is? And second of all, what do people feel like are the keys to becoming a club legend? The thing Pablo. I know about... I mean, I- the thing I know about Paulo Hernandez is that he's married to Sergio Garcia's sister. The golfer? Yeah, there you go. Huh. Huh. Uh, I would say that uh, I would add one more thing to this list to become a club legend. And I think, uh, I think Spencer kind of did that kind of, like cultural leader of the team. I feel like you have to do something in the name of the club uh, to, like, become a club legend. Like, you have to be, like, part of the community somehow. And I, I guess that the, the cultural leader of the team um, or do something, like, fucking wild, uh, like Cantona two-footed tackle into the, into the stands wild to become a legend. Um, I would say that's a uh, noteworthy accomplishments. No worries. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I think you know this is a pretty good list. I I I can't add anything else. I mean, I think I think a huge part of this, which isn't exactly uh, spelled out, Spencer says it a little bit. Is big role within team one of if not best player is like I think there has to be seasons where you are the guy. Right. When people think about Liverpool, they think about Steven Gerrard. Right. Like right. if if Michael Owen had stayed at Liverpool the whole time and whatever, Steven Stevie G had always been the second fiddle to a different cast of characters. It was Owen and then Suarez came and blah 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 and, and Stevie G had always been there. It brings him down a level. Um I think you have to have some years where you're the guy. Um yeah. so like I, I, I for instance, a Seamus Coleman at Everton has a lower status, even though he's basically played his entire professional career at Everton and like everything else about him. Like he very much embodies the ethos of the club. He's been a great player, fan favorite, all this stuff. It would be different. He would be on a a whole different level if he had been, he was like the guy. 
he was the guy for us. Like, yeah, like he's yeah. where where right. does Leighton Baines fall in that? I feel like your 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 boy Duncan Ferguson does it. Uh, was he ever the guy? But I feel yes. like he's yeah, he was, he was okay. the number nine. He's the striker. Uh, yeah, and he's actually a good example. He was the guy for a couple of years when he was there, and you know he's not a guy who has played as many years for Everton as either of those guys you mentioned, Baines or Coleman. But to right. you, you're, you're like, oh, Ferguson is an Everton guy. He is. Yeah. He's a, he's a club legend, and right. he, you know he had tons of years away from the club. Um, so so yeah. Do you think so? A, a couple of things. I think like I totally agree with Spencer on the tiers. Like take Everton, Dixie Dean. He is an all-time club legend. People will be talking about him forever. As long as there's an Everton football club, they'll be like, did you know we had this guy who scored 60 goals in one year? I don't think people are going to be talking about that with Pablo Hernandez at Leeds. I think, you know, Keevan's kids may not know who Pablo Hernandez is, or he might just be in a long list of guys who played at Leeds. But then... Whereas my next son might be named Dixie. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 99% chance. Yeah. Um, I think also like, so, you know, we've talked about like the importance of accomplishments and as the game becomes more stratified, like, do you think, you know, a club like Everton, are there just not going to be those kind of tier one legends? Because frankly, Everton just doesn't win a lot of stuff. Cause like I think a, it's a Lukaku could have been a legend, but he moved on. Right. Or, yeah. That's, I think that's, that's the issue is, is I feel like, the well, lifespan if, for a player at a club is is not that long, right? Like Harry Kane, for example. Harry Kane is probably and will be discussed as a club legend for Tottenham. He's no longer going to be at Tottenham. Like that, that it's just that's not going to happen. But when we look back, I think that they will talk about Harry Kane at Tottenham in a similar vein as as Dixie Dean. I don't. Dixie Dean is like kind of one of a kind. Yeah. It's yeah, and it's also kind of like fairy tale ish, right? Because it's like we weren't around to really experience that or see it or like you know, um, but it's like, like the, st- you the know. stats are are kind of like ridiculous too, like sixty goals yeah. in a season, right? But, but also <laughs> like if what? if we were talking about Everton like forty years ago or you know in the eighties where Everton was like a very good football team, maybe not. Tier one, Colin, don't fight me on this right now. Just trying to prove a point. I'm sorry, winning the league wasn't tier one? (laughs) Uh, Sure. You were like a modern-day Leicester. But, like, so, you know, (laughs) if Seamus Coleman had been on Liverpool then, he probably would have won something at some point in his long Everton career, right? Just probability, he would have picked up a cup at some point, and then you can kind of put that on his legendary status and be like, yep, tier one guy, he brought us the, you know, 1984 EFL cup. And now not that many clubs are going to have that opportunity because, you know, three or four clubs just eat up all the trophies basically with a few exceptions. I I don't, I don't buy it. Honestly, I don't buy it. There's more, more teams win trophies than your, your, than three or four clubs. Leicester won the cup. What a week ago. So, um, yeah, do you, been like f- do you? F- I think there's been four winners of the last five seasons of the Premier League. So yeah, no, three or four teams. Not, so yeah, but plus I the ha- cups, like there's probably eight across domestic competitions. Probably eight teams in the last four years. I'm pulling that number out of my ass, but you can check it, and I bet you I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, but I agree with Palmer. Right, even though Kane hasn't brought them anything, he scored so many fucking goals. Like I don't know if he's their yeah. all-time leading goal scorer, but I'm looking at his thing. He's got 166 goals for Spurs. Um, he's been in at the club since 2009, so he's been at the club a ton of years. Even though he was loaned out mm-hmm. at the beginning, um, you know he was a youth team player there. He's mm-hmm. 53 England caps, 34 England goals during his time at Spurs. I think that matters too. Like he was very relevant while he was at Spurs. You know, mm-hmm. like so, on those other stages, I, I think that do, I think so the King is a tier one legend for sure. I, I think that's I think one thing we haven't talked about is you cannot be a legend at a club and play for a rival. And if Kane goes to Chelsea or City or United, which is all very possible, it's hard yeah. for me to imagine he stays in that legendary status. I, agree I think with that. a lot of fans will shun him. And, you know, you could say rightly so or not. But like that is that is a I think precursor for most fans. Like you can't play for a rival. 
Yeah, I, I think agree it, with ta- that. it takes do him down you, a tier. Do you think that like to so uh Keevan is maybe preemptively crowning Pablo Hernandez as a club legend. Do you think you have to come back to the club and and play a role after your tenure? So like you have this great career and then a la Duncan Ferguson, uh, Ledley King for uh, Spurs. I think they would say that he's a club legend, but he's also like been on the coaching squad. He does like a ton of like fan reach out and and shit through through the uh, um, through that like the front office. Um, you know, I I can't think of any um, Kenny Dagleish right. Uh, for mm-hmm. Liverpool, uh, mm-hmm. comes back and manages them. Do they have to have like a post playing I mean, career that definitely that influence on the club to be yeah, like I think that's also good for a tier. club legend? It's yeah. good for a tier up bump. So, like, okay, so uh, you're, you're like, if you're at the uh, like Spencer says, favorite, uh, but forgettable, if they come back and manage or do something, they can be they tier get two. jumped up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's I think it's totally fair. And also, th- there's another path to that which you didn't mention, which is the um, played for, say, an Everton when they were a young player, went to a bigger club, and then got shitty and old and came back to your smaller club, right? They Wayne played Rooney. The, Wayne Rooney, but like but, obviously, like Arjen Robben or whatever, isn't he playing for like his um, Dutch club that he came up through right now Carlos at four Tevez. years old? Carlos Tevez, right? All those guys, it's like, hey, but this is really my heart. This, I, obviously, I had to go somewhere else to play, but this is, I'm a legend here. Like, this is this is the team that matters the most to me. So, you know, I've chosen to have my post, whether it's the end of my career or my post career career, you know, being the. And there's a lot of different ways to do this, right? And I'm thinking about in um, in American sports now, like becoming the announcer or like. Uh, you, you know, you move to that city and then you're like on local TV, like doing the um, pundit stuff for like the local radio broadcast or whatever. You're like, yeah, I'm doing it at for in this city for this club because this is my home. My this home. is the team this that I, team. I am a part of rather than, you know, that other team that maybe made me famous. Do you, I think, though, that like a Tevez or a Robin is very different from a, a Rooney that like. You know, if you're a great Dutch or Argentinian player, you're going to go abroad. It's 100% guarantee. Whereas if you're a great English player, you could play your whole career in England, which Rooney nearly did. Uh, And you're probably not going to say at Everton, but it does mean you're going to play Everton twice a year. And if you're any good, you're going to probably beat them a lot. And, I mean, maybe you see Rooney as an Everton legend. I don't know. Just to me, it seems like a, a different thing where... You know, Tevez never played against Boca Juniors, or if he did, it, you know, maybe he played against it was them in, contrived, a Copa, yeah. in a weird yeah. Copa or whatever. Yeah. And same thing with, with Robin. you know, Real Madrid isn't playing his, you know, small Dutch league team. So he can yeah. still come back and do the little fairy tale thing at the end without the harsh memories in between, which, you know, some fans are going to, it's the same with, you know, playing for a rival that, you know, we we're talking about. Some fans will be like, I understand it. You know, maybe they take a more logical view. Some fans won't, and that's just fandom. Where where on the tiers does Gareth Bale fall? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is a question for the for, fans of for the Madrid? team, right? For Madrid, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think this is a real question for the fans of the team. For the like, sport of and golf. I think, <laughs> I think I think Rooney gets points for the Everton fans that Bale doesn't get with Spurs fans because Rooney came through Everton. He's a local product. He came through like was, you know, he's from Liverpool and came through the use like whatever was discovered on some. He's like some I can't remember right now, but some great there's some great story of like a scout watching him score nine goals in a game or something ridiculous and being like, we got to sign this kid signing him. And then like two years later, he's scoring in the Premier League or whatever. And uh, that always is more endearing than being like, oh, well, Spurs made a really good purchase of Bale from Southampton's academy where he was developed, but he's really a Welsh guy. And like, yeah, his best years were with Spurs in a big way, but, um, you know, he's not really like a member of that. He's not like uh, Gareth Bale. He's one of us, whatever that that song. Yeah, um, the Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So I think Gareth Bale might not be on these tiers. 
honestly. He's just was your best player for a few years. Is he really a club yeah. legend? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. It's he's that's more, weird. I'm sure he's he's had a bigger effect on the field than Wayne Rooney did for Everton. But I would say Wayne Rooney is is more beloved by Everton fans than Gareth Bale is by Spurs fans for sure. I I would I mean I I 100% I think I agree with you on that. I it's weird to kind of think about like especially now, right? Like we we've, we've talked about Harry Kane and I'm going to uh I'm going to commandeer this and we're going to we're going to talk about Spurs for the rest of the pod. Um, but like what is what is the like uh so Mike said if if Harry Kane leaves and plays for like Chelsea um what does that do to his his like legacy at Spurs, you, like, do you completely erase it? Do you, are you like, he was, he was great for us. I mean, he, it would be like if Rooney came good at Everton and like brought a ton of success and joy, uh, never could win anything in the finals and just disappears in final games, but you know, whatever. Um, and then, and then goes to United or goes to Liverpool or something. Right. Maybe not that big of a deal, but I'm, like, yeah, like Rooney didn't come good at Everton. Like he, they found him and yeah. then came back. Right? Uh, it's such a weird like like what does that do to, to one's legacy? I think it totally depends what he does at Chelsea or wherever he goes. He does at City. Right. If he wins a bunch of titles, I, it's actually not about what he wins because like though. You can win titles and it's fine. If he is the reason they win a bunch of leagues, if he right. becomes, if he's the Premier League leading the Golden Boot winner for the next four years at City, and it's like one of these, you know, everyone else in that system setting him up, and he's just banging in thirty goals a year, which is totally possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's gonna hurt. But if mm-hmm. he goes and he's like kind of doesn't make it, he's kind of off the game, like whatever. You know, I mean, most transfers don't work out. Bale. Hazard moving to Real Madrid, haven't ex- like haven't indebted themselves to those fans and become club legends there. But if he becomes, I mean, they uh, Bale won them two Champions Leagues. I agree, but they uh, don't like so, him. I mean, but right. It, my point is, if they love him at City and he becomes a legend at right. City, I think sure. you are. You can only. It's hard to be a legend at two places, especially if right. the two are competing. Yeah. So, uh, I, mean, I think if, also, but if he sucks there. And he gets, you know, kind of flunks out and ends up back at Spurs or somewhere else. And like, then all we remember him from is his Spurs days. And it's like, he got hurt at City and blah, blah, blah. Then he's Michael Owen, right? L- played mm-hmm. in Liverpool, played at uh, United in it, late in his career. But we don't remember, oh, he played for both Liverpool and United. Like, you know, he can't be a Liverpool legend. No, he's, mm-hmm. a, Liv- he's a Liverpool legend. Like, that's, well, his, that's yeah, who he more is. More titles at United than at Liverpool. But anyway, yeah, sure, exactly. Uh, but they were, but, but exactly I, I, my point. I think they also, weren't his titles. Yeah, I think also though, like I mean, in Kane's, Kane is also different from Rooney in that he's been at Spurs for you'd say probably the the best parts of his career. Like, yeah, he's in the prime and he's leaving mm-hmm. because he's frustrated. I think though also we're now seeing more English players playing abroad than we probably have in a long time since like the pre premier league era. And so I think, whereas, you know, maybe five or 10 years ago, it would be, it would be more reasonable to, to see him move to one of these other big English clubs and just say, well, he's got to do that. He wants to win titles. He's ambitious, et cetera, et cetera. But now it just feels like, you know, he could go to a, a big club on the continent and it would certainly be a culture shock or whatever, but it wouldn't feel as much like he's paving the way or, He's outside the realm of, you know, sort of the the norm, I guess. And I feel like if you're if you're a, a real Spurs fan and you think part of the reason I love Kane is because he loves the club as much as I do, and then mm-hmm. you see him go to another English club, for me the first question I would have is why don't you, why don't you go to you know Real Madrid or why don't you go to one of the big clubs right. in Italy? You know why don't you go to Barcelona? They need a striker, like. If you really love the club so much, how can you? I can understand why you want to leave to win titles, but how can you go to one of our rivals and then yeah. come back to to whatever your stadium's called now, not White Hart Lane, and you know play <laughs> against us, you know every year? Right. That just feels yeah. like turning the knife a little bit. And again, yeah, that, that, that might not be hurts. reasonable, but I feel like 
that if you know the, if a player that's the, who that's the we, reasoning of a fan. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I think exactly. I would feel that way. It doesn't matter if it if it makes sense. That's yeah, like, I, I that, would feel that way. Like if you know someone who I really loved, and that's such a such a part of the attachment for Kane is the he's one of us thing. And I think mm-hmm. if he goes to another another club, it kind of bumps him down, just in the sense of well, maybe he's actually not one of us. We thought he was, but he's just like any other player who's moving to get more money and to win titles. Can you be a club legend at two different clubs? I, I think, think they have can. to be very different clubs. Yes, exactly. Like, like Robin, you yeah. know, he's a club yeah. legend probably at Bayern. I don't know. I mean, Bayern's such a big club. Who knows? But, like, you know, one of his clubs is a mega club, and the other is his little Dutch town that, you know, he's the most famous player to ever come from that club by far probably. But I don't know if you can be a legend at – Spurs and City or Everton and United and you know can so but is Cristiano Ronaldo a club legend at United and Madrid or can he be a a club legend at Madrid and Juventus or is it just I think Ronaldo's only a legend at Madrid yeah yeah I, I think the way he left United probably left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth and part of that also might just be the way Ferguson sold it which is a bummer for Ronaldo if he wants to be a club legend. But I also feel like he he's like one of those players, uh, or I don't know, not one of those players, because he's just such a force on his own. But I, I almost feel like when he was at Madrid, he was Madrid. And in, in some ways, he was like different from a club legend where it never felt like, I don't know, it felt different from, you know, Kane at Spurs, where you just felt like Kane was really willing the team to win, to get the team to win. Whereas, you know, the knock on Ronaldo is he's a very individualistic player. And it just felt like he wanted to win so he could win. And he just happens to play a team sport. Yeah. I think the closest you're going to get to a club legend at two team two, or that I can come up with in this limited time period, with two teams that aren't very different, is Zidane. He is a legend at Juve and Real Madrid. He played over 150 Ooh. games for each. He won things with each. You know, he had parts of the great, you know, he had, he made, he was in a World Cup final while playing for each. You know, like mm-hmm. he was at his peak, you know, split his peak across those two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only other person I like who I could think of is uh, Clarence Sadorf, who, you know, run, won three Champions Leagues at three different clubs. But, uh, but I think that's, know, that's a bit of a personal bias. I think Clarence Sadorf <laughs> is too distributed. He's he's he's, he's perfectly none. perfectly distributed. Yeah, it's like Zlatan. <laughs> Zlatan yeah. won things uh, everywhere, but he's a legend nowhere. Right. He's a legend in his own mind. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. He definitely. He's he's the only legend, really. Yeah. <laughs> Palmer, Mike, you're, we got you're more still emails. hosting. Oh, I thought, hey, I listen, thought we were done. This, this was the, this this was the email emails? section. Okay. Uh, yeah, Doug. Those are the emails. Soccerthread at gmail.com. Back to you, Ryan. <laughs> Spicy Mike is my favorite Mike. Um, <laughs> this is what happens when you make me stay up past my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get you to bed. But I think we at least have to acknowledge the fact that the English Premier League ended this season, this year. Uh, City obviously won. Um as a Spurs fan, so here's my question for you. Just give me what, what, how do you feel about the end of the year? Uh, you know, we don't have to do highs and lows, but as a Spurs fan, it really, really sucks to support this team right now. Um, and then maybe one of you can give me an explainer about what the Europa Conference League is. Um, so uh, we won four to two. That was great. My brother texted me. He's like, yeah, great, great result for Spurs today. I was like, yeah, we, this club is in absolute disarray. So um, shambles. I am shambles. not. I'm not not looking forward to uh, uh, to just like what the next couple of months are, are going to bring. But Colin, what uh, you know? What are your thoughts at the end of the season? Um, I mean, it's a, it's really a homecoming of sorts for Everton. Um, we've spent a lot of the season on Mars, but now we're solidly <laughs> back in Earth, tenth uh, place. So you know, it's. It's where we are. It's where we should be. It's where we belong. It's where we know. 
um, disappointment at the end, obviously, to fall out of the places, the Europa Conference League places. Uh, so, I mean, like, and that literally, like, Europa Conference League, whatever that is, Miller Light Light of competitions. Uh, Miller, what is that? Miller 64 of competitions. Uh, you know, would have still gotten Everton fans excited. So it's just, it's only fitting that we managed to not make that, you know, you lower the bar a little bit and we'll duck under it. So that's Everton for you. Uh, I, I like it. But listen, to brighten your mood a little bit, you got socks coming your way. And uh, I think I might be able to deliver to deliver them to you in person. So oh, yeah. um, that's amazing. That's that should be that should be good. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on the end of the season here? And then you can get to bed. Thanks. You're a real sweetheart. Um, I just feel like there wasn't really a a storyline that captivated me this season. And I don't know. I just, to me, it was just not really a very memorable season in a lot of ways. Um, I think, you know, there's been good title, like good, good title races the last couple of years. There wasn't really one this year. You had some teams that, kind of fell off um but in the end the season sort of ended up the way you would have guessed more or less in terms of like teams qualifying for the champions league you know leicester kind of dropped the ball today uh, against the mighty spurs um <laughs> so yeah i mean it's not to say that it was uh you know it, some teams you know if you're a leeds fan this is an incredible season uh if you're an everton fan there were some real highs but for me as more of a neutral i just couldn't couldn't really find a reason to get excited and yeah just found myself watching fewer fewer games as the season went on so i'm hoping yeah. next year we we get a little bit you know back to back to form i think also part More of narrative. it is like uh not being able to watch games with other people is a real bummer for me as someone who is watching sports more for the social aspect than like at least the premier league than following a particular team even if there's like big teams on, you know, if it's a dull game, I'm just kind of like, all right, this, this isn't doing it for me. So, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, Mike, Mike is all in on pub culture. So, uh, let's, let's get, Mike, let's get Mike back in the pub. Hit me up, Pedro. <laughs> I know. I love it. We know a little bit too much about Pedro, but that man is not old enough for pub, pub culture in the U S <laughs> that's fake ID culture. Uh, um, I just oh want to, I don't chinchilla, know what, chinchilla. I don't know what the Europa conference league is, but when I saw Dan texted this to the group and when I saw it, I immediately thought of, um, not a lot of people know this. In fact, I didn't know this until a couple years ago, but in men's college basketball, there is the NCAA tournaments, which everyone knows. Then there's the NIT, which is kind of like the Europa mm-hmm. league of the NCAAs, which I feel like if you follow basketball, you, you've heard of it. Uh, and then right. there's this third tournament, which most people don't know about, but I think Maryland, who I, who I follow, uh, was invited one year. I think it's called, did some quick Googling, I think it's called the College Basketball Invitational. It's basically for any team that has enough budget left that they can still travel, uh, but they're not good enough for the NCAAs and they're not good enough for the NIT. And that is what this new Europa Conference League is. It's just a money grab. Yep. So, you know, uh, the Evertons of the world uh, can play a few more games and can, you know, burn nope. out their players. Nope. And the, the Tottenham of the world. It's yeah, the Tottenhams man. of the world. The Evertons of the world sure. can't qualify for that. The Everton, <laughs> Evertons of the world will be invited to next year's uh, Europa Fair Play Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, great stuff. All right. That's all I got. Uh, thanks Cliff. Let's get Mike to bed and, uh, you know, pub culture. (laughs) Thanks Cliff. Thanks bed.
I drove in a car today for three hours and ten minutes. Dan ran for more time than I was in the car. And when I got out of the car, I could barely move because my back was so fucked up. I can't imagine running for longer than that. Unbelievable. It might have felt better, honestly. Who knows? It could. Yeah, that's true. It could have. But... Yikes. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm getting old, guys. I'm getting old. That's why I don't go in cars. <laughs> Palmer, I'm going to cheat for you. I'm going to give you hints. Okay, thank oh, you. I'm going to try and get him out the door. I need, I need all of the... Oh, now that he's off, oh, what is, what's the warm-up? Um, the wor- warm-up is uh, players who have scored in a World Cup final. Oh, wow. Okay. I just I think I absolutely could. Hank Aaron that fly. Nice job. Two hands. He's, de- he's Hank down Aaron. Count. Yeah. I don't like, know. What? He's a baseball player. I, I, you, you don't home know? Home run king? Yeah. Did you, like, fucking smack it out of the room? I mean, I had I had the, the folder. Two hands. Oh, I see. I got you. Right, I got right you. into the wall. All right. That's, I got you. Hank, Hank Aaron, uh... Major League Baseball all-time leader in doubles, so double off the wall. Very, very typical way to hit a double. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I think it was probably um, what's it called? Ground rule? Ground rule double? Mm, ground rule, ground double. rule double. Yeah, I don't yeah. watch bounced a lot of baseball over, these days. You, you hit the fly so hard he bounced over your wall. Yeah, <laughs> and we've got—I mean, we've got pretty high walls here, so. I really Luckily, you, you also have an astroturf floor, so you get an extra bounce off it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Trampoline floor, actually. <laughs> um, who's hosting? Yeah. Anyway, we're we're getting off base here. I don't okay. want to confuse myself anymore. 